1: Welcome to this KGNW broadcast special, Heart of the City. Pastors, ministry leaders, and churches have received a call
0: to serve their communities with the love and compassion of Christ. The call is from
2: God's heart to the heart of the city. This is Heart of the City. I'm Chuck Olmstead, the Director of Local Ministry Development at KGNW. I enjoy having this time with you each week as we share stories and testimonies of God's faithfulness in our lives. You know, on KGNW, uh, we have lots of great ministry times, some great teachers, some great preachers locally and nationally that share the Word of God but I always like to hear the backstories. I like to hear why they're doing what they're doing and how did they get to the point. Uh, you know, some people decide to be a doctor or a lawyer or they want to be a truck driver or that sort of thing. How did how do people decide that they want to be a preacher or a pastor or a staff member? What motivates them to do that? There must have been some experiences in their life that brought them to that point. And uh, so I like to hear those stories. And with me today is the uh, senior pastor at Life Change Church, and his name is uh, Darren Calvin. Darren, welcome to Heart of the City.
1: Thank you, Chuck. Thanks for having me today.
2: It's it's good to have you here. Uh, You and I have seen each other from afar for several years. Your wife, Lynn Feliz... Actually worked at KGNW. We were did. trying to think about that. It was probably about fourteen years ago or yes. so. I so think our kids were very young at the time. Uh, she you worked. They there. were. Yes. They were. I remember that. Yeah. And uh, so uh, we we saw each other then, but I guess we really haven't connected since then. That's but right. here we are. I so I look forward to hearing from you today and for you sharing your story. So. Mm-hmm. You grew up in Southern California. You I were did. down in in Los Angeles, which a lot of Seattleites think, "Where in the world is Los Angeles, and why did, why do you ever want to go back there?" You know. But, That's
1: right. Well, you know, it's sunny California, and I grew up in a uh, in Orange County, and uh-huh. my dad pastored a church over in Los Angeles County and taught in Los Angeles County, a little city called Compton. Uhhuh. And uh, he was a teacher there and also pastored there. So Yeah. Good,
2: we'll so you were a him. PK.
1: I was, yeah. A preacher's I kid. Am, yeah. You you absolutely.
2: were and you uh, are yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So what was life so you lived in Compton, or you lived outside? So we,
1: we lived in Compton originally, but obviously it was a very dangerous place, and so our parents decided to move us out to Orange County when we were about two or three years old, um, uh-huh. and so my parents continued to teach in Compton and continued to pastor in Compton, so we drove about 30 minutes um, every day to to Compton, to, you know, to go to to those schools and, and to the church. I went to school out in Orange County,
2: though. I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was back in <clears throat> the late 70s, early 80s? Yeah, right yeah.
1: You're, you're guessing my age back there, but right around 1972, that age, that well, age 70s and 80s, yeah.
2: Orange County was a little bit different back then, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it was... Uh, Life was, was a little bit different in those, in those than it is what it is today. Yeah, it is. So a... what's it like growing up as a preacher's kid?
1: Well, you know, it's, it's a little different. We grew up Southern Baptist, So mm-hmm. my dad was um, uh, originally a youth pastor um, at a church called Pinewell down in Los Angeles. It <coughs> became the senior pastor of a church called Greater Union Missionary Baptist Church when I was about six years old. And so for me, I think it might have been a little bit different from my brother because he was older, but I grew up in the church. And so um, I think the responsibilities and the, the pressures of being a, a PK may have hit me a little bit more, but I was quickly involved in the church um, right from the beginning. I think uh, for me, I I did everything that there was to do in a church. I think it was a requirement. I had to clean the toilets. <laughs> uh-huh. I had to usher. I had to sing in the choir. We I slept on the pews. I did my homework mm-hmm. there. Um, I say i was I grew up in Compton because of the fact that I was there all the time. I literally uh-huh. lived there and um if you asked me at the time did I like it or not i didn 't really know anything different at the right. time so um it was it was something that i think i look back now and maybe it wasn't everybody's usual experience but for me you know the church was a second home for me and, mm-hmm. uh, and i i adapted pretty well to it
2: well uh, compton at that time was a was a pretty violent area wasn't it so what was Very that before. like now now knowing what it's like here in seattle in in the 2000s what what, what was that like and what were the differences of growing up in that kind of an environment versus what's happening here today in seattle
1: well i would I would probably characterize it as it being exciting, believe it or not this was the time of n w a and c m w and different groups that were um coming up there and the violence at at the time you know we we would hear about it we would see it you know we experienced it with people from our church members you know we'd have funerals where all of the Cars were painted out blue and everything, uh-huh. but because I was over in Orange County, I kind of saw it from the inside out. you know there uh-huh. was a there was a coat that told me, "Well, I can't wear this certain color or you can't be here at a certain time of of night, so we knew the rules and regulations of how to stay out of that danger, so for me, I didn't feel like I lived inside the danger. I kind of saw it from the outside. In now, the girls that we dated and the the people that went to our church they experienced it in a very different way than a, what I would have experienced it i think in what that, way um, because they they all i would say we all had um, friends and family members who died because of gang violence, and so I think that kind of became a, 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 a not an abnormal thing to us. We always experienced a different funeral. Um, But these were closer people to them. They, you know, these were brothers and sisters and cousins. And for me, you know, they were church members, and Mm -hmm. obviously we loved them and we were close to them. But um, it was always something in which we were like, well, you know, Ray Ray was in a gang and he got shot and he got shot because this is what he was doing and this is what he was involved in. And so we kind of understood that, hey, with this activity, this is kind of what you would fall into. So for me, you know, I would come, I'd come in from Orange County and I kind of lived in two different worlds. You know, uh, I'd live yeah. in a mm-hmm. world that was, you know, primarily Caucasian out in Orange County. And then I would come into Compton and it would be a, a totally different area. So I would literally speak two different vernaculars. You know, I would speak um, with a little bit of slang in Compton. And then when I got back out to Orange County, I would adapt that way. So for me, the the two worlds kind of uh, merged. But um, my parents did a, everything they could do to kind of keep me out of that environment and, and being deep into the casualty of losing, you know, close friends and seeing the violence, um, you know, on that basis. Now there were times where we were over visiting people or, you know, we had a church picnic one time where, you know, the cars drove in and we were stuck in the park and some of the guys, you know, would get jumped, you know, in the park cause they weren't supposed to be there. So there was, there was times where we experienced gang violence, but it wasn't, wouldn't be something in which I could tell you I lived in every day. I lived in orange County with a pool playing soccer, <laughs> basketball, uh-huh. you know? So I saw it, I knew about it. Um, Uh It was it it had a had a serious effect on my life concerning where I felt like I wanted to minister, you know, Mm -hmm. and so um, I kind of um, always saw um, Compton as a part of who I was, but I don't think it really defined who I was like it might have defined other people. Yeah, Yeah,
2: yeah, I get that. I. You know, the only thing that I can think of, and I don't want to stray too far from your story, is I think about the people that are growing up, uh, the kids that are growing up on the south side of Chicago. Correct. And I'm like, I I can't fathom yeah. what that would be like yeah. to either grow up in that or have my kids grow up in that. I think I'd want to be out of there as soon as possible.
1: Well, the reality of me, for me, is shocking. My brother right now is a principal in Compton, the Compton Adult Education School, and the number of police officers, and the number of security, and 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 psychologists, and the world that they live there. You know, people call it the jungle, you know, for a reason. And I I can see the the pressure and the stress that poverty brings. You know, and I think that that's why we come to hate sin and poverty so much is because we can see the destruction that it does over people's lives. You know, and you know we can give a lot of reasons in society for well, why things take place. You know, but putting put into extreme circumstances and situations people do some unimaginable things you know and that's not excusing what they did or didn't do but my heart goes out to the fact that um if i take you know it's amazing we had a we had a song when i was growing up right that became um popular right and um, i watched my friends my caucasian friends in orange county right um start singing nwa songs and i literally watched their behavior change literally i watched the way they dressed change. I watched their personality at outings change. I watched um, violence even grow in them, and I was I was so interested in that because I was saying, how could we be so far removed, but the influence of that culture and the influence of that music start to literally change the behavior of friends that are not even experiencing what I know is really taking place when I drive just thirty miles to Compton every single night. Interesting. Right? So mm-hmm. I I started realizing that yeah, you know, a lot of it has to do with people and what they do and. And the experiences they have, but it's also an environmental thing that I feel called, literally, to to be a, a, a part of that change. And mm-hmm. so I think it, it really kind of molded me for what I'm doing today. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Well, we had an interview uh, last week with Art Nelson, and uh, you know, as he was sharing his story, you know, the, the word hopelessness came into my mind. That that growing up in that environment, and as he was experiencing his life, you know, some people. What happened with him is, is that he had a—it wasn't a strong foundation, but there was a foundation there where, where instead of turning deep into hopelessness, there was the Word of God that he was able to establish a foundation on and grow from there. And I often think that in those environments where there isn't hope given, that hopelessness somehow gets ingrained into the, the very fiber of the environment and, and where there is no hope.
1: And see, I think you really hit, you know, really the hot button for me. I got the opportunity to see what a church could do in the middle of the worst circumstances and situations in America. I got a chance to see specifically what the Word of God that actually is, is preached with grace, penetrating into the heart, of, I don't care who it is, the, hard, the, the most hardcore person, the most despairing person, no matter what they were going through, I got a chance to see what the Word of God would do in that environment. And believe it or not, not all of my friends that went to that church are statistics because the Word of God had an impact on their lives. The, mm-hmm. the work that my father did in their lives, it changed their lives. Now, it may not have been at the huge numbers that we wanted it to see, but I can tell you that the people that grew up with me, they turned out when statistically. They shouldn't have no father, um, experiencing violence, drugs, and alcohol around the neighborhood. But the word of God that was supplied and the and the experiences of truth lived out in front of them um, literally presented them a different alternative that a lot of people chose to take. They chose to take that route.
2: So you saw that happening with uh, with your father and and uh, that that family. But what about you personally? When when did you? Really understand that Jesus is who He said He was. Well, for me,
1: I uh, I ended up going away to school, so I went to school um, at this college called Adam State College in Alamosa, Colorado. Went on a football scholarship, uh-huh. so I was a corner playing on um, football, and uh, I, um, I I thought I was pretty good, but for dreams whatever, of the dreams <laughs> of dream, the NFL, dreams of the oh, NFL. Right. I was going to play for the Chicago Bears. Oh yeah, I don't know why. I, just, <laughs> well, I think I liked Mike Singletary at the time. Yeah, um, but um, I got a concussion got a concussion and um could no longer play and one day um some friends of mine that were at the school asked me to perform a service to to actually do a church service. We were having a hard time finding a church at the time. And um at that time I had a I had some real relationship things with God that started to take place. Uh, I don't know if you know, but the greatest place of sin in America is at the college and <laughs> uh-huh. uh, so all manner of things go on at these college places and uh-huh. uh, so I was in a in a wonderful sinful environment so we decided to have church at one o'clock and so I would have to wake everybody up get everybody sobered up get everybody you know with some breakfast in them and we started now why having- did
2: they want to have church You know, I mean, if you're partying and then all of a sudden you got these guys say, "Let's have church." What's going on with that? You know what? That that is part of my story, and I'm
1: glad you asked that question. Uh You know, because religion it allows you to do some things, right? Religion will allow you to serve God, love God. be in the word of God, right? Uh-huh. Live a hypocritical life to the extent where, you know, I can preach on Sunday and I was partying with you on Saturday. And that was my life. I did that. Uh-huh. You know, I, I partied hard with him on Saturday, you know, I'd get up early, cry in a shower for about an hour, you know, and, you know, fight with God about who was going to preach this Sunday, you know? Uh-huh. And he's like, you're preaching. I said, no, I'm not preaching. You know, I'm gonna be a hypocrite out there. He's like, no, you're preaching. You know, I don't have anybody else to preach to him. So I'd get out there and I'd preach and, my friends, they were serious about church, you know, because religion says that no matter how crazy you got on Saturday night, you had to be at church on Sunday morning. It's kind of that southern view. And, uh-huh. and they were serious. They wanted to hear the songs, They wanted to preach the word of God, the word of God preached to them, and they wanted to be involved in that. And so, you know, you have this, these lives that are not, you know, in accordance with the word of God. They're, they're living, you know, a, a life that they probably would be ashamed, you know, to tell other people they lived on, but they love God very, very much because they're waiting to get you know set free but uh uh-huh. but cannot and i think that that's what i waited on for a large part of my life you know how do i um love god and, and live for god and live a life that's consistent with the word of god as well
2: well you're listening to heart of the city i'm chuck olmstead the director of local ministry development and our guest today is uh, darren calvin he's the senior pastor at life change church in seattle so darren so your buddies ask you to preach, and, and so what did God start to do in your heart to recognize that you need to, to either make—you uh, can't stay on the fence. you got to go one way or the other.
1: Well, you know, I, um, I did that for four years, went to law school. That's how I ended up here um, in Washington. I went to the University of Washington uh-huh. Law School, graduated there in 1997, and um, became an attorney and just started— uh, um, I went to um, got my master's in, in tax, and so I became a tax attorney and worked for a couple of the accounting firms. Mm-hmm. And uh, was going al- along that route, and um, and just recognized that the lifestyle that I was living as an attorney was was pretty good. We were we were doing pretty good. Lynn Felice and I, you know, had two beautiful children. And, and one day, I um, ran into a ministry who, for some reason, um, needed my particular skill set. They needed an attorney mm-hmm. and they needed a pastor. And uh, those, those two um, skill sets never merged in our lives. When I was growing up, the pastor wasn't really paid. There was no, on time, no full-time staff members. There wasn't anybody who just worked for the church or anything like that. And um, a pastor, a pastor by the name of Pastor Shot, um, asked me to come and be on staff there and when I went on staff there, um, I had an experience of of a real Jesus, you know, mm. and, and God really for the first time I think uh, um, introduced to to God's grace in a way that it was was real and impactful with me. I had experience with uh, with God at that point in time in my life that uh, that changed me forever and really put me on a place where I wanted to see people's lives changed and what was that power to change their lives? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. And so that was uh, what early two thousands.
1: Yep, that was when our 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 daughter was just being born, uh-huh. and um, we were living up in Everett, Washington, at uh-huh. the time. And um, so I was the executive pastor there for a number of years, and um, and we 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 just you know started finding out there was so much more, you know, to. the the body of Christ and what you could do in the body of Christ and what we had been exposed to as even as a a preacher's child, you know. Mm -hmm. So um, I think those were really the formative years of ministry for me.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So what how did you then move uh, from that situation and become a senior pastor at a church here in Seattle?
1: Well, there was a pastor who was leaving and going to McKinney, Texas, I and know, know McKinney. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was pastoring a church by the name of Oasis. And he was leaving and they were looking for a, um, you know, a senior pastor who could come in and take in. They no longer had the ability to pay a pastor. But because I had my practice, I um, I went ahead and received that call. That was about eight years ago. And mm-hmm. We changed the name to Life Change Church. And mm-hmm. that's how we originally ended up getting involved with that.
2: So if I uh if I check out your website which is lifechangeseattle.com and I think I well, I may want to you know go to uh the Beacon Hill Church there and uh what what am I going to experience when I walk in the door?
1: Well, I think our church is a little bit different than I think a lot of the churches that you might go through. I um uh, I don't know that we could have created what God created on purpose. It's just it's just the flat out truth. Um our hearts, you know, were probably like a lot of pastors' hearts, and that was to help people and to change people. But the method from which you get that done, I think only God can create that. And so we have um, people of all ethnicities that go there. We have people of all social-economic statuses that go there. We have people who, um, that we've partnered up with from UGM and Hope Place and different places that we bring in and that we get a chance to love on, as well as families that that come in and, and get a chance to get a part. But I think the real thing that you're going to find there is a love that is probably a little bit unusual. It's a a love of of acceptance. It's a love where I think you can just kind of be yourself. Um, I might dress in a suit. I might dress in a uh, a Seahawks jersey, you know, you might sit next to a real estate agent or somebody who just got off drugs for the last 5 years. It's 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 very much one of those situations where God put a, put together a group of people that became family, and I think that family is one of the most beautiful families I've ever seen, you know. Mm. It's a it's a it's a group of very eclectic people that that are just not the same. They're they're very much different. Every person that I end up talking with are very much different from, from one another. And so I don't know how you would get that group together if you were going to try to model that. <laughs> but if you did look at it and you did come, you'd say, man, that's Seattle. That's what Seattle looks like, mm-hmm. right? Including the whole of Seattle. You know, I'm an attorney and you got real estate people there. You got, you know, your 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 tent city there you got every part of the segment of seattle and i'm i'm really really happy that god has done it that way i don't think i'd want to minister um some other place where i'd have to be fake it's a real place that we just we preach real things you know straight out of the word of god and you know it's a beautiful thing to see what the word of god can do concerning transformation and changing people's lives we're seeing people get delivered off drugs we're getting people over their hurts and their their hang and their habits right we're seeing families being and restored you know marriages right now we're we, we're entered in some marriage um, seminars and we're seeing marriages be recovered and that's a beautiful thing vibrant youth uh, ministry where we are, we're, we're we're combating you know the the things that our youth are presented with right now so mm-hmm. it's 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 very much a part of the fabric of our city right now and we believe that it, the, the impact of that is going to continue to to grow.
2: What are uh, uh, the—this is—I've got to figure out how I want to formulate this question. What are the dangers of being in a vibrant city like this where there's success and money?
1: Well, I think um, for me, um, I think we have to have our eyes on the fact that we walk by faith and not by sight. I do. Mm -hmm. I hope you do. We walk Mm -hmm. by faith and not by sight. But the truth of the matter is, is I think that um, people who are— still walking in society, getting to know Jesus. They walk by sight and not by faith,
2: right? Mm -hmm.
1: And so for me, I'm a big believer that Jesus advanced in favor with God and man right so from the core from the inside out which i like to preach i need integrity i need character because not because it's some mantra that we do but because it's the only thing that will ever present somebody with a real ability to have lasting change otherwise everything you have was circumstantial right and circumstances change all the time i could be real rich today right have more money in 2004 than i do in 2014 right well if my core is correct and I'm getting joy from the inside and peace from the inside, right? Then I'm okay, right? Mm -hmm. Regardless of whether it's 2004 or 2014, right? But if um, if we ignore the fact that people are coming in and they want to see some excellence, they want to see that God is actually active in somebody's life, I I feel like at this at this point and at this time in our society that I don't back off of that. I'm not afraid to say that God is going to bless you. I'm not I'm not afraid to say that God is involved in your life in a very real way, and He is going to make sure that you know your needs are supplied, especially if you're coming in now and you're you're receiving God's grace. of something that you did, not something that you worked, not something that you made happen. But now, hey, I'm being blessed for a particular reason and that is to be a blessing. And I think that's where finances and prosperity and success, even in Seattle, right, has its place in the body of Christ. Whatever I get, which is true for me, right? I don't live in the inner city mm-hmm. of Seattle. Whatever I get, I'm bringing to the inner city of Seattle mm-hmm. to make sure that I can change some people's lives. I need another van to go pick up people so that they can get their lives changed. I need another partnership with Einstein Brothers. Give them a shout out. Einstein Brothers, mm-hmm. our, our Heaven Sent Chicken, right? I need another partnership so we can feed those people, right? And so I'm not ashamed of saying that these resources for Seattle, I hope they, are, I hope they grow and they're used for the body of Christ to get more and more people saved. I hope I can get my hands on some more of them to get some other these these millionaires safe so I can get all the people safe because right? I recognize that they they have a part to play in the kingdom.
2: Mm-hmm. Too. Yes, well, there's some great opportunity. You you know you'd mentioned like Union Gospel Mission doing some great things with yeah. with uh, you know the homeless population here and there's a, a large need and it's it, sadly it's getting it's getting a bigger need instead yeah. of smaller and so. You know, to be able to partner with that is, is really good. Well, uh, Darren, I want to thank you for joining you me today. Yeah. And uh, I know I know that there's going to be some people listening to this program today, the Heart of the City, that want to check out your church. And so uh, you can do that by going to LifeChangeSeattle.com and check out Life Change Church. They meet up on uh, 6115 Beacon Avenue South. Pastor Darren, thank you for joining me thank today. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. God bless you.
1: You've been listening to this KGNW special, Heart of the City. For more information about how your pastor or ministry can be featured on KGNW, call Chuck Olmstead at 206-269-6216.